and welcome to Stratospeak Weekly. My name is Sylvia Lopotlin and I will get you briefly up to date on what's happened on campus this week. A Strathclyde PhD student Carl Smith has rowed across the Atlantic in 45 days as part of the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. Whilst Carl is still in Antigua, which the team reached on Sunday, we have the head of the electronic engineering department, Campbell Booth, telling a bit about how he's personally supported Team Carbon Zero and got to know Carl in the first place. So my name is, is uh, Professor Campbell Booth and I am the head of department in the electronic and electrical engineering department which is a part of the faculty of engineering and we are uh, the largest department in the university. Kyle has been here for since 2014 and I've known Kyle since the start of his time because I was involved in teaching within the Centre for Doctoral Training so that, that centre is all about renewable energy and the future of electrical power systems and energy mm-hmm. systems so Kyle's research is concerned with how we can move from our power system of today to the power system of the future. And the big thing for the future is reducing our carbon emissions and making things cleaner and more sustainable. So I think Kyle, as well as being quite a, a fit young man, um, well, certainly younger than me anyway, he you know, is, is passionate about that and as well as being into his fitness, I think he saw this as a challenge for himself and the team personally, but also a chance to really raise awareness of, of, sort of carbon and, and you know, the, the challenges that we face. The faculty has been following Kyle's adventure since the group set off from La Gomera on December 12th with the aim to do the trip in a carbon-neutral way. Stracklet sponsored the team with a set of oars and the team also received a remarkable sponsorship from Stracklet staff and a multinational company, Nokia. Discussed the, the option of corporate sponsorship, if you like, from the university. So the university's got a kind of central part and then there's the faculties and then there's the department itself. So what we agreed with my help is we we identified that a set of oars, um, which cost £750, would you believe, and I think they need four sets of of these oars. Mm -hmm. So we thought, you know, from the department, the faculty and the centre, putting in £250 each, we we gave them that money and they purchased a set of oars for that. So that would be great. Um, In addition to that, also through... Um, some of our research contacts, we do a lot of work with Nokia, the you know large multinational um, communications firm. And when we mentioned it to Nokia, they were keen to get involved and actually ended up being the headline sponsor and donating quite a significant amount of, of money to be the kind of number one sponsor of the, of the team and the Nokia brandings on the, the boat that, that Kyle and the guys used. And I think Nokia, their main sort of attraction for them is that when I talked about the power systems, the energy systems of the future, with lots of renewable energy and lots of distributed power sources, we're going to need a lot of communications to control and monitor that network. Mm. So Nokia very much see themselves as being part of this low-carbon revolution by enabling this uh, low-carbon energy sources to be connected to the grid using communications. So I think that is the attraction for them in associating themselves and, and sponsoring this carbon zero. Booth also says there will certainly be a celebration once Kyle gets back to Scotland, even though it's going to take some time for the rowers to recover from the extreme experience. How about when Kyle gets back? Is there going to be a celebration? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know if he'll be able to walk, um, (laughs) but uh, I got an email from him this morning and he was saying that he's trying to eat everything in sight because they're trying to put some weight on. Mm -hmm. I think they were using something like 6,000 calories per day. And of course, with the, the the weight restrictions in the boat, I think they were they were losing weight um, quite a lot. So I think he's going to have a long time to recover. But certainly, yes. I mean, what I intend to do is maybe at one of the all staff meetings, as well as sort of publicising it when he comes back, 
but one of the staff meetings maybe invite Kyle in to make a presentation to staff and students and get them to get him to tell them the story and we'll maybe have a little celebration about that. He also encourages other students to make a contribution to raising awareness of the carbon offsetting and environmental travelling. And the fact that we've sponsored it, I think we could and should say to you know the younger people in the department and um, the students say, look, if you're interested in doing something that's raising awareness of you know, the environment and the carbon um, and the need to reduce our carbon emissions, we would be willing to sponsor it. In the student union, another busy week has passed. Vice President of Sports and Wellbeing, Habi Litton, tells us about the Blind Dates event that was running on Wednesday evening with a little bit different concept than previous years. Hi, I'm Habi Litton and I'm your Vice President of Sports and Wellbeing. So we did Take Me Out three years in a row and then this year Maddie kind of wanted to shake things up and host something different and Blind Dates, I thought it was a class night. Um, it was ace, like uh, we sold out, like the room hit capacity. Habi, who used to watch Blind Dates himself when young, explains how the evening went on yeah, and why they changed from Take Me Out style to Blind Dates. On on the stage all night, I think that's quite daunting, especially like, because a lot of the girls that are like put forward are like first years, because like none of the seniors want to do it, so they always get like a first year to do it. So like, they do that, so that's quite daunting, but then for a blind date because there's a continuous rotation of um, people on stage you're only on stage for like 10 minutes so it's not as bad but I guess if you're the person like asking the question it could still be pretty scary because you've got to think of like a way, que- a way answer on the spot so yeah we just always used to watch that and, like I think it was like a Friday or Saturday but it was the exact same concept so there'd be one person one side of a partition and they, they'd ask three questions and you've got three boys or girls depending on who's on the other side on so you got three on the other side and asking the questions mm-hmm. and then after the three questions um, whoever you think's asked the best you sort of like pair up with them happy also participated himself and had a good time asking questions and getting to know new people i had pre-planned my question by like a good day or two in advance what did you ask uh, so my first question was um so a lot of what i do is work with the sports clubs so what sport would you get me into and why kept a very vague um, I won't mention what my second question was. <laughs> I took a question from the floor, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't really <laughs> mention it. But my third question was, so Wednesday nights are pretty big for sports. How would you describe a perfect Wednesday day and night? I thought I'd keep those two like very open, see how it goes. Uh, the first one, I thought it'd be quite funny because there's a lot of like sporting innuendos that could come out of it. And that was really a question just for the audience, so like they could get a bit of a laugh. And then the last one, just to see, like, because I don't get to meet all my, all my sports like clubs and like club members. So like, so I ended up um, pairing off with a great girl. Um, it's quite funny. She said like the moment I started speaking, she knew who I was. But like I used to work with uh, a couple of years ago in River Island, and like so when we when we both like met each other, I was like, oh, this this isn't really going to be awkward at all. On the less sporty side of the union, the Student Congress gathered also on Wednesday morning to discuss matters with the principal and student board. The Student Union President Calvin Hepburn says the Congress was unique as it was for the first time open for non-student reps to attend as well. So I guess it's a chance for the student population to essentially ask the principal anything they want. Mm-hmm. So questions range from the new building to mental health provision to... 
um, people had submitted questions about the price of food. So there's literally the biggest range of questions, but obviously we don't have time to kind of ask everything. So I think a student panel gets formed to look through all the questions people submit take out a handful of them and then that's the ones that kind of you kind of revamping the mental health services was one of the most interesting topics discussed in the congress which was followed by small group workshops and then afterwards there's a lot of workshops so i think in the afternoon there was a discussion from sarah carter who's the deputy associate principal of learning and teaching so she would she came along and talked about the new student partnership agreement and i think a bit about the new building and then there was breakout workshops um, which involved cybersecurity, mental health, careers and another one. So then there's basically workshops that you kind of split off into smaller groups and went off and did so. I think this was the first year we kind of opened it up to, to more. Also there is something new at the union which might help students to de-stress a little bit after 3pm. Oh, this week at the union. Uh, no, I don't think there's been anything major going on. We, oh, in fact, that's a lie. We've just opened up our new Prosecco bar um, down in Recharge. Uh, last night was the, the grand unveiling. So um, I think from three o'clock now, you'll still be able to get coffee and that, but there's now also a Prosecco and cocktail bar down there. So well worth going down. I end up spending a large part of my last night down there. So <laughs> it's it's well worth a look. That's all for this week. I'd like to say special thanks to Campbell, Happy and Calvin for your contribution. Tune back in next week and hear more about Carl's adventure when he lands back to Scotland. In the meantime, find us on Facebook at Strasbeek.